Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Today's episode, I'm going to be previewing week 15 of the NFL. Crazy to think there's only four regular season weeks left, but nonetheless, playoffs are just around the corner, so a lot of big games here. I'm going to break down about four or five of them, probably five. I think that's what I have written down here. And then we're going to go over my normal power rankings, so be sure to stay tuned for all of that. Going to be going over bets, odds, other storylines, all that kind of stuff. So stay, stay tuned, Jesus. And I hope you guys enjoy the content. Thank you. So let's go ahead and start with the Ravens and the Browns. The Ravens are going into Cleveland. The Browns are currently three-point favorites with an over-under at 38 points. By the time I upload this, the Seahawks game will probably already be underway, so I'm not going to talk about that one in this episode. But this game is absolutely crucial for the Ravens to stay in the lead in the AFC North. They currently have the head-to-head over the Bengals, and that's the only reason why they're Winning the North right now, even though they have the exact same record. So, this is a crucial, crucial game for the Ravens as far as their playoff seeding. And if they want people coming into Baltimore to play them rather than going on the road in the first round, they need to win this game because they really don't have any margin at all to fall behind the Bengals right now. Especially because they are going to play each other in Week 18. So, they need to win every game. Um that they can until they end up facing them in that week. But the Ravens have been dealing with a ton of injuries recently. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is out in this one again. Luckily for them, Tyler Huntley, it sounds like he's going to get cleared from concussion protocol. It sounds like he's going to make the start and they don't have to roll with Anthony Brown, which I did. I do think, I mean, Anthony Brown, obviously I watched him at Oregon. He has got a lot of potential and he's kind of similar to that Huntley Lamar type where he's got a little more dual threat to him. But it's no surprise that Tyler Huntley is definitely a much better backup than Anthony Brown, at least at this part in their careers. Um, so that is a really big addition, I guess you could call it. Uh, I don't know if addition is the right word, but that's really big news for the Ravens that he's going to be playing this one. It's very helpful to them. Kevin Zeitler is still out, their offensive guard. Um, but I mean... Andrews still isn't 100%. They've had some other injuries. Other than that, with all that being said, it's now Deshaun Watson's third week back from suspension. This really is a tough defense to try and continue to knock the dust off or rust off, I guess I should say. Um, They've been playing really lights out ever since getting Roquan Smith just before the trade deadline. Uh, They've been first and second in a ton of statistical categories. I talked about it a little bit in my last episode, but their defense has been playing absolutely lights out football. Again, not exactly the type of defense you want to be coming back from that type of suspension, you know, not playing football in basically two years to come back and face a defense like this, even if it is your third start and you kind of are getting back into the flow of it, that's still a really, really tough ask. Whether being at home or not, it really doesn't matter. That is a really, really tough game for them. Um, and I think we could definitely see some improvement from the Bengals game last week for Deshaun, that is. Um, I think he could definitely, you know show a little more than what we've seen in the past couple weeks, but I still don't know if it's going to be enough for this one. Uh, I think the Browns can have some success with Chubb along the ground. I really think that's going to be their bread and butter in this game. I think they're going to try and run through him, and I think the Ravens are going to do more of the same with having J.K. Dobbins back um, another week healthy. 
another week of practice under his belt. I'm definitely thinking that both of these teams are going to be running the ball a lot, just limiting their quarterback's mistakes and, you know, not putting too much pressure on their shoulders just because one's really rusty and one's a backup. It makes total sense. I don't really think either team wants to run their offense through their quarterbacks. I really think they want to focus down on the run game. So I'm definitely leaning towards Ravens money line in this one because, frankly, their defense is much better than Browns right now. Um, I love their coaching staff. I love what they're able to do and how they're able to adjust. I think Jim Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Not that Kevin Stefanski isn't a good head coach, but I feel like the adjustments they make aren't as um, impressive. I haven't seen it as much. Obviously, Stefanski's a newer coach. Yes, he did win coach of the year, but he's, again, he's a newer guy into the system. He's just getting to Sean back. Um, their defense has not been playing well. The Ravens have proven that even when unhealthy, even with missing guys, they keep finding ways to win. They're an extremely competitive football team. Love this coaching staff. Love this run game, and those guys are getting back. And I love, love, love this defense, and especially this secondary. Um, you hear a lot of times people call it, you know, say the front seven. I really like their linebackers and their DBs. Their defensive line is nothing to write home about, but their linebackers and DBs are playing really, really good football. I think they're going to give Deshaun a little bit too much of a headache in this one. I just don't think he's going to be able to do enough. And I really do like the Ravens' money line, and I'm definitely eyeing the under at 38 points, but more than likely just going to roll with Ravens' money line. They're currently dogs in this one. Um, not Don't quite understand that from a betters or from you know vegas perspective but who am i to know whatever i really like the ravens money line in this one up next we have the dolphins versus the bills both of these teams coming off games where their offenses honestly really got stalled out against their opposing teams um difference is the jets have an elite defense the chargers really do not but regardless that's all pretty irrelevant to this game the point is what is relevant is to a is looking incredibly average over the past couple weeks. I mean, yes, playing one really, really tough defense and the 49ers losing his tackle in that game. There's a lot of stuff that really went wrong for Tua in that game. So there's some excuses to point to. But that Chargers game, really not a whole lot of excuses to point to other than he was just not playing very well and the Chargers had a pretty good game plan for him. But, I mean, you got to make adjustments. you got to be able to hit some of the throws. He definitely missed a good amount of throws. He wasn't making a ton of plays off schedule. Um, that's really showing when the play breaks down. He can't always, you know, he doesn't have the physical talent of a Herbert, of a Mahomes, of an Allen, of some of those guys that when the play breaks down, he can make something out of nothing. He's really just, that's not his play style. That's not his forte. That's not what he's going to do for an offense. But when this offense is clicking on all cylinders, and maybe firing on all cylinders, that's the word I was looking for, or saying, I guess, um, when they're all clicking, there's something really special about it. But obviously, the last couple of weeks, we saw them kind of get thrown off their tracks a little bit and not be on the same page multiple times. So, I mean, the last time this team faced the Bills, we got to keep in mind the Bills were missing a ton of starters. They did win that game, uh, the Dolphins, I mean. But again, the Bills were not at 100% strength. It was a crazy hot day in Miami. Now they're going to Buffalo. It's supposed to have, I believe, somewhere between, I don't remember exactly, like four to seven inches of snow last I heard. But again, that could totally be changed by now. Um, that I heard that, I want to say yesterday, maybe a couple days ago. But again, it's going to be some snow in this one. And it is 
an absolute fact at this point that Tua does play worse in the cold. I mean, there's tons of stats to back this up. The coldest games he's ever played in all of his passer ratings have been under 90. That's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, he did come out and say, you know, guys, it rains in, or it snows in Alabama too, but we all know it's not Buffalo snow. That's just a completely different thing. Um, Tuscaloosa is really not snowing crazy amounts. Sure, I've never been there. I can't really, you know... I didn't really look this up, but my point is, I know for a fact Tuscaloosa is not getting snow like Buffalo is getting snow. So, of course, that's that's a really big factor in this game. Currently, as it sits, the Bills are eight-point favorites, which, again, feels like a little too many points for me. I still expect them to cover. I'm probably going to buy an adjusted spread of six and a half just so I can only worry it. Excuse me. I'm so fucking tired right now. I'm so sorry about that. Um, it's been a long day, but that's not the point. Um, I w- I'm probably going to buy an adjusted spread of six and a half. So the bills only have to cover by a touchdown. But if you want to be greedy with it, yeah, go ahead. Take the eight points. The odds are going to be better. You're going to make a little more bang for your buck. But just know that I've warned you because that's these are the type of lines that Vegas really fucks people over with. Um, it's when it's eight points. It's when it's nine points. It's when it's 11 points. It's when it's like not exactly two scores, not exactly a field goal and a touchdown when it's a little more than that or a little less that this stuff can get really tricky. So again, I think the Bills are going to win by a touchdown. They're probably going to cover those eight points, but I don't, I'm not really comfortable with it. Um, so I'm just going to take the six and a half and just roll with it. The over under at 44 is also definitely something that's pretty tempting. I was definitely looking at that over because we both know how we both, we all know how explosive both of these offenses can be. That's what I was trying to say. Um, <laughs> kind of came out backwards there. But we, yeah, we really know just these teams can score in bunches. They can score really, really fucking fast. This Dolphins defense hasn't been able to stop anybody. Uh, their pass rush has been all right, but as a whole, it's just been pretty underwhelming. Um, Xavier Howard having a really down year for them on the back end. But my point is, I'm definitely be eyeing the over-under of 44. Definitely be looking at that over because of these offenses being so explosive. Um, the only reason why I would be a little, you know, hesitant to take it is if the Miami's offense just gets shut down entirely this game. But it's really hard to contain two speedsters like Jalen Waddle and Tyree Killer for 60 minutes. Um, I don't exactly see that happening, but... That's why I'm leaning towards the over 44 points, and I'm definitely going to buy an alternate spread of 6.5 in favor of the Bills. So I'm going to pause this really quick because I keep fucking yawning. I'm going to stand up, do some laps. No, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm back. Sorry about that. So up next, we're going to talk about the Lions versus the Jets. Over under, this one is currently sitting at 44.5 points. The Lions are currently two-point underdogs. And who knew that the Jets and the Lions would be one of the matchups of the week this deep into the season? I mean, it's just crazy. Both these teams are legitimately competing for playoff spots. Obviously, I don't fully expect the Lions to make the playoffs, but the Jets are very much in the thick of it in the AFC playoff picture. But looking at more of the X's and the O's of this game beyond the storylines, because it's just so cool that I can't believe I'm this excited for a Jets-Lions matchup. I just can't get over that, and I can't believe that both of these fan bases really have realistic playoff expectations or maybe not expectations but um hopes and dreams i guess you could put it that way um i don't think either of these teams expect to make the playoffs because when you're these fan bases you really don't expect much of anything but anyways back to the x's and o's of the games my point is the lions defense really has been playing much better in the last seven games they've what they've won 
five out of their last six. Um, if they win this one, obviously goes to six out of the last seven. But especially on the back end and their secondary, it's been playing a really big part of their success. It all kind of clicked on that. I think it was five weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago, when they played the Green Bay Packers and really shut down Aaron Rodgers. They had a few picks on them in this one. And that one, excuse me, Kirby Joseph has been playing really well. Jeff Okuda has been playing a lot better at corner. His coverage still is a little suspect at times, but it has improved steadily throughout the season, especially compared to you know the last couple of years where it started really, really rough. He's a really, really sure tackler, especially in the box, stopping the run, helping out the run. He had a lot of really clutch tackles against Dalvin Cook last year, or last week, excuse me, about that. And this was something we really saw with him in college. We really saw a versatile corner, you know, one of the highest rated corners coming out of college in history. Um, a guy similar to Sauce Gardner that everyone saw as this new premier um you know, young cornerback, and he's finally starting to prove that he was worth that draft pick, that he can be this elite top-end talent at cornerback, and a lot of that has to do with his tackling. He's a really surefire tackler, really physical at the corner position, love what he's been doing, but back to the point, um, that's really been playing a big part in their success. As a whole, their defense has just been playing a lot better. They are now going to be facing Mike White, who is coming in off a heroic but rough performance against the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, he got beat the fuck up in that game. He They had an ambulance raining for him after the game. He took a couple really, really, really gnarly shots that I don't think a lot of other quarterbacks would be getting up and coming back into the game for. Um, it sounds like he's good to go in this one, but man... You really got to think he's still feeling that pain from last week, but I just love the fight in this guy. There's a great quote from him that he said, you're going to have to peel me off that field. I absolutely love seeing that shit. It gets me electric. I'm sure the locker room loves that type of shit too. Um, that's definitely someone you'd want to fight for a lot more than the quarterback saying that it's not your fault at all when you have two yards in the whole second half. That is just bad leadership compared to good leadership. Mike White is doing it the absolute right way. Wishing him the best, wishing the Jets the best. But of course, they're playing the Lions, and I gotta say, Lions are becoming a darling of the NFL media, which, fully granted, they deserve it. The Lions have had, you know, a really, really rough history just as a team in general. And, my God, excuse me. And the fact that they're on a winning streak and legitimately have a shot of making the playoffs is just awesome for Detroit. I know I keep mentioning it, but it's just so cool to me. Either way, I think the Jets are really going to emphasize the run in this one, just try and limit Mike White because he's going to be beat up in this one. I don't care what they say. There's no way he's going to be 100% in this one. I really think they're just going to emphasize the run, um, which, by the way, the Lions were really good at defending last week. They held Dalvin Cook to under two yards of carry. They played it really well. Jeff Okuda, again, big part of that. I mentioned that. Um but I think the Jets are just going to let their defense do what they do. Let the defense lead the way. Goff in this offensive obviously looked very explosive in the past few weeks as well. But it's not like they've played the most high caliber defenses. I mean, the Vikings can't stop fucking anybody. Besides that, their last five was... Um, I'm going to check it right now because I, I had it open, but I closed it because I'm an idiot. Um, I can't remember who their last five was. Obviously, they played the Vikings last week. Um, checking now. Let me mute this. Sorry, if you can hear that. Yeah, so, I mean, their last five, Jacksonville, Buffalo, who they put up 25 on, and that's a really respectable defense. They put up 31 against the Giants. Again, in a pretty respectable defense. They put up 31 against the Bears, which bad defense. Um, 
And then Jacksonville and Minnesota, who, again, those defenses really aren't anything to write home about, one of which being a 40-point put up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But again, I really think this offense can still do some really good things. This Jets defense is just so good. They've got two really good man-to-man corners, as we all know. A pass rush that can really get home. Quinnen Williams leading the way with, I think he's all the way up to 11 sacks this year. He's having a really incredible, I believe, junior year. I believe this is his third year in the league, if I'm not mistaken. He's having a really incredible year there at defensive tackle. They've got a lot of other players along that. But I mean, this Lions offensive line is damn good. They've got some really good weapons. Um, I think Mike White and Garrett Wilson, there's a dog barking outside. Let me get them to shut up, and I'm going to start this again really quick. (laughs) As I was saying, the dog is still... Fuck. I thought it was done, but it's just not, I guess. Oh. Oh, I think it's done. All right, anyways, as I was saying, Mike White and Garrett Wilson seem to have a really good thing together. Mike White as a whole just seems to have this offense. Just At least their spirits seem to be much lifted, even if on paper it's not the most different thing. There is definitely a vibe you can feel when Mike White is on the field. There's just more energy. These these receivers seem to be more into the game. Um, And I think for these reasons, and it might sound crazy because, yes, the Jets do have an elite defense, I'm definitely eyeing this over-under at 44.5 points. The, yes, Lions defense has been playing better. Yes, Jets defense has been playing well all year. But this Lions offense is really cooking right now. I really like what Mike White has been doing with some of these receivers. I think that they're going to be able to get the run game going. This is more of a risky, like, off the top of my head. Um, the, by no means is this the best bet, but I'm definitely eyeing the over-under. More particularly, the over at 44.5 points. Definitely something I'd be looking at there. Um, and all in all, I mean, I'm probably not going to bet on this game um in, entirely i might take the over like i just mentioned i probably won't take a money line if i were to if you were to force it out of me i guess i would take the jets but again it's like it doesn't really matter i'm just so excited to watch this game and i could definitely see it going a bunch of different ways i could see this more in being more of a defensive bout both quarterbacks struggling a little bit i could see both run games getting going and just draining the clock a lot more and that's why the under hits but again i could really see both of these offenses getting going in big ways and just keeping their momentum. Um, and that's why I could definitely see the over. I could definitely see Jared Goff coming back down to earth a little bit, playing a bad game against this Jets defense. And then I could also see the, you know, the counter to that Mike White coming back down to earth a little bit, playing obviously not at a hundred percent and the Jets defense or sorry, the Lions defense exposing him a little. So, you know what? Fuck, fuck what I said. I, I wouldn't bet on this game at all. I really wouldn't take anything. I'm just going to watch this game as a, a football fan. And I'm very excited to see what happens. Um, if the Lions do end up winning this game, they're 500. So that's freaking incredible stuff up next. Let's talk about the Titans versus the Chargers. Can the Chargers contain Derrick Henry? That's obviously Got to be the biggest storyline in this one, in my opinion. The Chargers, historically bad against the run and have been for, honestly, a few seasons now. They've, they're have they dead last in the NFL in terms of yards per carry this year. Um, so that's definitely going to be, you know, that's going to be, the, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? That's going to be priority one for the Chargers is slowing down Derrick Henry because outside of Derrick Henry, this Titans team is very depleted at their wide receiver and just weapons in general Don Cheryl Hilliard being out in this one he's a really good complimentary back to Derrick Henry but at the wide receiver position they don't have a whole lot they've got Charles Okwankwu I believe that's how you pronounce his name at tight end who has been emerging at tight end um rookie they drafted out of I can't remember but he's a rookie he's been emerging on this team over the last few weeks Robert Woods still gonna be healthy in this one Traylon Burks 
might be back in this one. But again, I really haven't been impressed with this receiving core. They really just have been pretty underwhelming this year as a whole. I think if Traylon Burks is back in this one, they're going to be using him, you know, early and often. We've seen that a few times this year when he has been healthy. He's been a big difference maker for this team. And overall, again, I don't know if there's too many bets I like in this one. The over-under at 46.5, I would definitely be eyeing the under. That's the one thing I would say because I think Tennessee can definitely just hold on to the ball, drain the clock. Chargers might be forced to get their points in bunches, um, which could definitely, you know, turn into an under in this one. But again, coming back to the if the Chargers can contain Derrick Henry, if they can, Will the Titans be able to keep up with the Bolts' high-flying offense? Because I just mentioned all those guys on the Titans' offense, but we know the Chargers' offense can be so good. And now they're all healthy. Mike Williams, Austin, and Keenan playing all together with Herbert, obviously. That's super, super dangerous and definitely something to look out for if you're a Titans fan. We all know Mike Vrabel can scheme up a really, really good game plan, but I feel like this could... I feel like this could really be a good game because of that. Um, it's going to be crucial for the Chargers to win if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. This is a really desperate team. And this is a team that has a kind of a history of choking, as much as it hurts me to say it. It definitely um, would not be too much of a surprise if the Chargers end up finding a way to lose this one. That would be very Chargers-esque. And again, for the Titans, this win could definitely silence some doubters, show them they're just still you know, meant to be taken seriously in the AFC because there's definitely been some questions placed around them in recent weeks. They've had some questionable losses, of course, last week against Jacksonville, the biggest of which really just capped it off. Um, but that was mostly due to turnovers. I really don't think something like that is going to happen again. They had three turnovers in that one, if I'm not mistaken. I think Derrick Henry had two fumbles. Ryan Tannehill had a pick, if I'm not mistaken. I think No, now that I think about it, I think there were four turnovers. Ryan Tannehill also had a fumble loss in that one. So again, that's really how the Jaguars separated as quickly as they do. That's very unlike a Mike Vrabel team to do something like that. I really don't see something like that happening in this one. Um, a little bit fluky there. And yeah, so I'm really eyeing this under a 46 and a half because I think the Titans are going to find a way to drain the clock. And overall, I do think the Titans have a slight edge in this one as far as odds and stuff go because i mean the chargers are three-point favorites so obviously their money line is not very tempting in terms of value i would be looking more towards the Titans side of the ball there but i seriously think that mike vrabel is a top three coach in this league and i really don't like brandon staley as a head coach i'm sure you guys have seen me said it already but i will say the titans do have a lot of injuries a lot of guys showing up on their injury report that's definitely something to monitor as the game gets closer if jeffrey simmons is a no-go in this one that's absolutely huge for the titans and my opinions about this game would drastically shift either way i'm still eyeing the under and i'd probably stay away from the money line in this one i really don't know which team is winning i'm going back and forth on this one um, if you want to know my personal opinion closer to the game time, just hit me up and I'll let you know about it. Anyways, I'm going to pause this right here and I'll be right back. All right, so let's quickly cover Giants versus Commanders because, I mean, I don't have too much to take away from this game other than the Giants are currently four and a half point underdogs, which kind of feels like some bullshit to me. I really think the Giants are going to cover this. I think this game is going to go pretty fucking similar to how it did last time. I think these teams are going to play each other really, really fucking close. I could even see it going to overtime again. I just think that both these offenses are not very explosive and uh, just have to find ways week in and week out to make their quarterbacks just 
not fuck the game up for him. And Daniel Jones has definitely been doing that on a, on a pretty big way. He's been using his legs a lot more. I like the way Brian Dayball has been using him in the design run game. And he's been really limiting his turnovers, both interceptions and fumbles. He hasn't had very many all year long. Um, Taylor Heineke, someone who's, you know, very familiar with miracle plays and, you know, just coming up big when you really need him to. I could definitely see him happening, something like that happening in this one, excuse me. Um, but all in all, I really think these teams play each other really, really well. They know each other really, really well. Um, they're two really, really well-coached teams. I love Ron Rivera. I love Brian Dayball. I think overall that the commanders might have a little more talent throughout their team, just up and down roster-wise. But, I mean, Brian Dayball knows what he's doing. He knows how to coach up those guys. Um, they can really control the clock with Saquon Barkley if they can get him going early. And even if he can't, Daniel Jones has proven he can move the chains with his own legs, and he's distributing the ball well enough. So I really think four and a half points is an easy buy for the Giants. I think they're going to cover that. I'm staying away from the over on this one because it cursed me last time, and I missed it by half a point, so I'm just not even going to touch on that. But before I wrap this episode up, I'm going to talk about my power rankings. They're back. I'm going to go 1 through 10. This was this was a really, really hard week to do the power rankings because it really feels like there's there, – it feels like, frankly, there's a top four, and then there's kind of like a four through eight. And then there's like another tier, like nine through like 12 or so. So I'm kind of going to go by that. I'm going to go a little more tiers wise. So I guess tier one, uh, teams one through four, I'll call them, is one, I have to give them their credit. They look like the most well-rounded, well-rounded team in football right now. Um, they're by far and away the best team in their conference, in my opinion. I've got the Philadelphia Eagles. They're just... They can do everything. I've been saying it for weeks now. I don't know what else to say. They're blowing teams out. Just leave me alone. Philadelphia Eagles at one. Number two, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I really think they're finding their peak at the right time. They're a little beat up right now. Um, T. Higgins is dealing with a hamstring injury, it sounds like. And then Tyler Boyd is dealing with a dislocated finger, I want to believe. I don't think it really matters. Joe Mixon's getting going and back up in this one. Jamar Chase, as long as he's there. And it doesn't sound like the other wide receivers have serious injuries. They're going to be back sooner or later. And I still think they'll get away with Tampa in a win this week. So in the long run, it really doesn't make too much of a difference. But obviously, my number two is the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, I have them above teams like the Bills and the Chiefs. That might be a little bit of a hot take. But I mean, frankly, they've had the Chiefs number in recent weeks. It really feels like the Bengals are just making no excuses. They're peaking at the right time. Feels like they're confident and they can beat anybody, which I really think they can. And the Bills just seem to have a little bit of a over-reliance on Josh Allen. I really need to see them add a little bit more of a running element in their game plan. I know technically by numbers, their rushing yards per game aren't bad, but a lot of that is due to Josh Allen just being incredible and scrambling and doing his thing. I still think they're a little too over-reliant on him. I think they need to establish the run a little more with Devin Singletary, and then they would be two instead of three, but obviously they're number three. They're, it's, it's nitpicking. It's really splitting hairs here. This is the cream of the crop of the AFC. Again, I just think they're a little too Josh Allen reliant, um, and I think their defenses are pretty comparable between the Bengals and the Bills. Again, I don't think that's that much of a hot take. At number four, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. They've really been scaring me the last couple weeks. They kept it way too close to the Broncos last week after absolutely blowing them out in the first half. They only had one touchdown the entirety of the second. Kind of weird. Um, 
and this is a team that I I'm just kind of have split feelings about because I like what they do in the running game. I like how they've improved um, there. I like that how they're using Isaiah Pacheco, but their defense definitely makes me nervous. Their defense has not been playing well the last month at all. Honestly, all season long, it's not like it's been playing great, but their offense is really just made up for it. Um, and that's really the biggest concern for me is their defense. A couple of other teams in the just the three teams above them just seem to be more complete as teams. And the Bengals obviously have their number. The Bills went into Kansas City and won. And then in theory, if they play each other later this year, the Chiefs will have to go into Buffalo and play, which is definitely not a favorable matchup for them. So I'm kind of thinking it big picture. That's why I have the Chiefs at four. At number five, this has to be the second best roster in the league, but their quarterback is just hindering them a little bit. The San Francisco 49ers. I mean, again, what else do I have to say? They have it all. Um, their biggest question mark right now is just absolutely quarterback. But hey, he got it done last the last couple of weeks. Um, I think he can do just enough to you know have them win the playoffs because this coaching staff is just that good. This team is just that good. This run game is just that good, and I just love everything about the Niners outside of quarterback. And it's not like Brock Purdy's bad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's going to be some bust and he's can't play football at all. Obviously, that's not true. We've seen that over the past couple of weeks. But again. When it just kind of limits their ceiling because Brock Purdy is no Joe Burrow. He's no Jalen Hurts. He's no Patrick Mahomes. And he's no Josh Allen. That's not a diss to Brock Purdy at all. I think he would be fully, you know, <laughs> I think even if he heard that take, he would agree with that. So, again, Niners at five. Number six, Dallas Cowboys. And, again, just to separate it out, Niners and Cowboys kind of in a different tier from those four teams above it. I just think their stealing is a little more limited. Cowboys, again, a team that's just really fucking weird, really weird to figure out, just fluky team. Uh, really, really big blowout wins this year. Obviously, Colts, Vikings, and then keeping it way too close with some other teams, um, like the Giants in that first half on Thanksgiving, and like the Texans last week who frankly the Texans deserved to win that game they should have won that game they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that play call towards the end of the game um when they were trying to you know put the t- put the Cowboys away and go up by 10 I really hated that QB draw play call either way doesn't matter um it wasn't even like a QB draw it was like a QB like I don't know, fuck it. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it was a bad play call that Cowboys end up winning a game that they probably didn't deserve to win and that definitely changed my opinion about them a little bit Terrence Steele being out for the year is a really big deal for them and it feels like they're just a little too top heavy in terms of the, they need their stars to absolutely show up when they do show up they can compete with any team in the NFL but if they don't they're gonna have a really rough 60 minutes and that's why I have them at six at number seven I still gotta give them the credit where it's due they're still winning football games I have the Baltimore Ravens one of these teams that just makes no excuses they just go out there find ways to win really impressive stuff Lamar will be back eventually so they're going to be fine again I think they're going to find a way to beat Cleveland this weekend so they're going to stay atop the AFC North I expect Lamar to be back the week after that it's not like I'm some insider I really don't know that's just more of a guess and this team is still really really damn competitive their defense like I've mentioned is one of the best in the NFL since getting Roquan Smith and that is a huge deal for me and it's the reason why they're above my number 18 the minnesota vikings the minnesota vikings cannot stop fucking anybody on defense it has been a serious problem for the last month they're last in almost every statistical category and it's kind of weird it's like a buccaneer situation where on paper they have so much talent how is all this happening and frankly i need to go in and watch the film a little more because i don't i can't fully answer that question right now but 
This is kind of the end of my second tier. The Vikings still have an elite offense. We still know what they're capable of. Obviously went into Buffalo and won that game. Um, still, you know, a 10-win team, but their defense needs to improve and they need to improve quickly because they are at number eight. At number nine, again, this is where another tier starts. I have the Miami Dolphins. I still have to keep them in the top 10. It's really hard to figure out where to put them because obviously they're on a little bit of a skid right now and they're probably going to lose to Buffalo this weekend and continue that skid. So it's going to look a lot worse, you know, in perspective, but I still think this team is really good. Um, they're still, you know, can give a ton of mismatches to teams. I still love Mike McDaniel. Um, I still love their weapons. I, their defense, although it's been very underwhelming this year, I still like a lot of their parts. And I think game to game, they can be a problem. They can give some teams some problems, especially how they match up to given teams. And I was very tempted to put the Chargers here, but the Chargers are going to do Chargers things, and I just couldn't really trust them. So Miami Dolphins at 9. But again, this is like their own tier. Chargers would definitely be in this tier. Chargers would be at 11 on this list right now, if you were to ask me again. But at number 10, I got to give them the credit where it's due, and I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. Detroit Lions, number 10. Right now, they are the 10th best team in the league. I don't fucking care. I know what their record suggests. They have a losing record. But right now, as it sits... They're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Their offense is playing out of their minds. Their defense is playing a lot better than how it did early in this game, earlier in this year. And right now, they, they're proving they can compete with anyone. They honestly just pretty much beat the shit out of the Vikings. So good for the Lions. Lions are currently the 10th best team in the NFL. But that's going to be it for me, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to share this with your friends and family. Follow me at Murphy's League for more content. My dogs are barking again. So peace out.